0: Mr. rest of scotchy a face, a sizzler for June Marie, and listen, Wonka's got a new one today. What is it? This is called a scrum bar. scrum bibble bar? How does he do it? My dear boy, do you ask a fish how it swims? No. Or a bird how it flies? No. No, sir, you don't. They do it because they were born to do it. Just like Willy Wonka was born to be a candy man, and you look like you were born to be a wonkerer. Who can take a sunrise? Sprinkle it with doom. Cover it in chocolate and a miracle or two. The candyman. The candyman can. The candyman can As he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Welcome, this is Beyond the Hate. I'm Steven. I'm John. And uh of course we're going to be talking about the Wonka piercer theory. And I started off with that because it reminded me of those uh really disgusting bars and um <laughs> Snow piercer.
1: Oh yeah.
0: uh, I would much rather have a scrum
1: bar than a fucking yeah. roach block. A gelatinous roach block, that's just yeah. disgusting. But uh
0: <laughs> Whatever you gotta do to live. I guess,
1: I guess yeah. Ugh. It's like <laughs> oh man yeah and that's so the whole thing is that like when we were gonna cover uh snow i was like are we gonna end up doing you know some stuff about the you know about the theory that it's the sequel to willy wonka and the chocolate factory and steve was like pretty sure that's kind of one of the things that we were going to end up doing anyway was covering some of that so we figured we would just split this off on its own but it's interesting like just how many things in this movie remind you of Willy Wonka just like from like the characters that feel similar to even like the story structure yeah and like there's so many things and it kind of makes me wonder like did did Bong Joon-ho like intentionally put some stuff in this movie to make it feel like like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or is it because it, it there's some things that are done in this movie that don't feel like they're just simply a coincidence
0: well, no, I don't think it is. Um, he got the idea of this about because he he read. I think it was something about where he read a book.
1: It was a comic book. It was a
0: comic book. It was a it's,
1: French comic. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's similar, but it's not exactly Snowpiercer.
1: It's not like how the movie is. There's some differences in the comic. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's
0: kind of a lot of differences, but he kind of got the basis off from it from that comic book, right? That he read. Um, so. He's really big into American, like, pop culture and stuff, and one of the, you know, um, biggest American movies of all time, uh, not box office-wise, like, cult following-wise, was, you know, uh, you know, Willy Wonka. Um, you know, it, <laughs> the Willy Wonka movie is one of the, you know, most beloved movies ever. It didn't make a lot of money when it first came out. But it got, a, like, a big following.
1: Oh, yeah, and it makes it makes a lot of money for TV now. Yeah. Because they always play it, like, around, uh, like, holiday time. You always see, like, people, like, you know, like, channels will put on, like, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory.
0: Because the remake made way more in the theaters than the original did. Yeah, the Johnny um, Depp version. Yeah, and it's actually more close to the book. Um, because a lot of people don't know that, that, uh... uh so Roland Dahl. Roland Dahl, yeah. Roland Dahl, yeah. He hated the first movie.
1: He um, didn't like the one with Gene Wilder? He
0: didn't like that one. Oh, wow. And that's great. He died crazy. before he got to see. Well, he died before they made the one with Johnny Depp, but his wife was a producer on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah. So okay. So she wanted to make sure everything that was accurate from his books. Closer in to that the movie. Closer so, to Dahl's book, yeah. So really, the director took liberties in the original one, and it was kind of nothing like. Uh, the book, and then the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is actually like the book. Um, so that's that's kind of a interesting fact right there.
1: Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, but it's uh, you know, the whole because I, I remember I was like where I first saw this because I had seen the movie and I, you know, I liked it and stuff. And I I was, I remember telling Steve about it,
0: but a bunch, all of it. And then he ruined the movie. So (laughs) I was like, let me watch it. Let me just go ahead and watch it. He, He does that. He says that all the time. And it's like, I don't think I really
1: spoiled like a ton of stuff. If I did, then I fucked up. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it's a good movie. It's worth watching anyway.
0: You told me the thing about him eating the kids. Like, that was, like, one of the first things you told me about it. And I was oh, yeah. Jesus, so. Well, no, because it's disturbing. It's disturbing as fuck that he had to, like, eat kids. Yeah. But that's kind of a spoiler. That's kind of a spoiler for the movie.
1: It kind of is. Like, yeah. Okay, so I fucked up. Oh, well. You enjoyed the movie? I don't see you complaining.
0: See, I, I think... I wouldn't have a problem with it if I don't remember what people tell me about movies so well. Right. Like if I could forget it in like a couple of weeks. And then it was a but surprise. I can't. Right. I can't forget anything <laughs> anybody tells me. Like, yeah. If someone told me before I seen like Avengers Endgame, it's like, you know, yeah, yeah, a Black Widow, uh, she sacrifices herself or whatever. Like, I couldn't wait like a year and be like, oh shit, that's a surprise. I'd be like, I already know this is gonna happen. I know this is going on. Yeah. You could have told me that shit ten years ago. I remember. Before I even watch it, I'll be like, yeah, some guy told me like 10 years ago she dies. It's like, 10 years ago? Yeah, I remember. I remember right. that. <laughs> right, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, oh, yeah, spoiler warning. If you haven't watched Endgame, Black Widow dies. Oh uh, Yeah. So, yeah, if you had been waiting, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is a movie-based podcast. Think have
0: to count down anymore because Avengers Endgame isn't in theaters anymore. Yeah. And it's been out on DVD for a while, so... You don't care about it. And so I don't care. Not, right. See, I think spoilers should last longer for TV shows. For TV? Because not everybody can just sit down and watch TV. Right. Like an entire season's of stuff, like like me. Like I don't really I don't I like The Walking Dead, but I don't watch. I'm like I stay like two seasons behind. Right. But I'll watch it. So when people are like, "Oh, yeah, so and so died or whatever." I'm like, "Stop Stop posting that shit on Facebook." I don't even have AMC. Right. I so will wait until that shit hits Netflix, like a year like later. a year later,
1: <laughs> and then you catch up with that season. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's just uh, I remember like when I was when I was because I, I had told Steve about this like a while back that I'd watched it and I was like, it's good. Nothing really happened, and then I was on YouTube one day and it posted this thing that said like you know, is Snowpiercer a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? And I'm like, what the fuck? No, come on.
0: I'm like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. I was like, that doesn't make
1: any sense. I'm like, okay, well, I'll indulge the dude and I'll watch his video. Uh, His name is Rhino Stew in case you guys are wanting to, you know, follow up with this and go watch his video to give him props uh, because he did do a very good job with the video. Uh, The original idea came from uh, a comedian called, uh, what was it, Kevin Mayer. Um, and so this guy basically took that guy's kind of like comedy take on some of the stuff in this movie. And he was like, well, no, what if like we can like dig really deep in this movie. And so the rhino stew guy on YouTube created this whole video thing where he's like really breaking things down. And I'm like watching this and I'm thinking like, man, this is like some of the stuff in this movie definitely makes more sense when you think about it, because, there's all kinds of like really um like things that just you when you see them uh from the perspective that they might be like things from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory you're just like i that that can't be a coincidence now that i know that like right. e- i mean even just like uh the idea like the even like the premise of it is that it's a it's like a group of people going through a fantastic like structure Because in snow piercer it's curtis and some of the other people from the tail section making their way through the train cars and then of course in willy wonka it's the kids the factory and every time they go into like a new area um the similarity is is that every time they go into a new area there's another kid that ends up getting like taken out or they get you know something happens in that room well, where they're removed from the group, even the
0: concept of uh, there being a large group, and then as you go, there's not room for those large groups anymore. It dwindles down, like in Willy Wonka, where you know, like the the most referenced part is like whenever uh, uh, they get on the boat.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, on the chocolate river.
0: Whenever they get on the boat in the uh, chocolate river, there's only enough seats for the people that's there.
1: Right. Because so they the, were planning on, you know, possibly losing Augustus at that point. Yeah. So
0: they already knew Augustus and his mom wouldn't be there. Yeah. Because there, there was wasn't only room for exactly them on the boat enough seats for that. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes, uh, there's only enough space for a certain amount of kids as you go throughout the, the factory. Right, and then eventually
1: you get to the point where there's only there's only space in the the elevator, elevator for, for for Charlie and, and his grandpa
0: uh, father yeah yeah
1: well no at that point when he actually when they're on the uh, when they're on the the uh, the elevator thing that crashes through the building, at that point it's just Wonka and Charlie. That's right, it's Wonka and Charlie because he's already selected Charlie as like you're going to be the kid that takes That's over right. the factory. I was thinking but, of
0: the uh, newer one. It's Wonka, the grandfather, and Charlie.
1: Yeah, because this is supposed to be based off of the 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 Gene Wilder you know Willy Wonka, but uh, but yeah, it's interesting how like when you get to the very uh, end of this movie. You know, you only have, well, you do have Claude involved there a little bit too, but it's, you know, it's Charlie, or it's uh, Wilford, (laughs) who's supposed to be Charlie, and Curtis, right? So the way that it it was, uh, the way that I understood it from Rhino Stew's video is that basically what happened, like what his his canon was that he came up with is that, uh, you know, Charlie takes over the factory uh, for Wonka, and in the process, you know, he changes his uh, last name to Wonka from, from Bucket to Wonka. And then he, you know, goes by the name Charlie Wonka for a while. Uh, or the initial CW, which will become important later. Uh, and then he runs the factory and, he, you know, he's uh, doing his thing, uh, running the company for uh, for Willie. And then... Uh, what happens is is that uh, there's this whole thing going on about global warming, and because in the original you know Willy Wonka movie, we see Charlie in uh, chemistry class learning like chemicals, and you know he does like the thing where like he mixes the chemicals and it blows up in the beaker and stuff right, like right. that, and uh, there's a Uh, A correlation between, you know, him, you know, understanding chemicals and stuff like that, and that uh, the chemical that they used in the sky to try and curtail some of our uh, atmosphere damage. Was called CW7 because in the you know Snowpiercer world they put CW7 all over the world like with planes and spread it throughout the atmosphere because they thought it would curtail some global warming stuff. But what it did was it had the adverse effect and it actually froze the planet. And so the uh, idea is is that Wilford basically is Charlie Bucket all grown up and like in his 60s and. Uh, even the idea that like Wonka put giant W's on everything, like he put his W right. logo on everything, Wilford does exactly the same thing. Because anytime you see the Wilford logo, it's a giant W, you know, uh, which is something that he might have learned from Willie when he was at the factory. And yeah, then put W on things. Yeah, put giant W's on things. Uh, it's a skill. It's a skill, people. Right. Will <laughs> never be able to do it. Right. <laughs> uh, but. It, that it there's the idea that... Um,
0: CW7's like Charlie Wonka. I don't know what the uh, the meaning behind 7 would be.
1: Uh, unless maybe that was like the 7th chemical version that they came up with. It was the 7th version of that chemical.
0: Well, I perhaps. don't know. I, I, That's the way I, I interpreted it. I don't I know if like they, they it ever explained to be that. something more because it's like... You know, it could be the 7th version, but if you go through all that trouble to say a CW7's like Charlie Wonka and then a seven, it's like, seven should mean more than, it's like, well, that's the seventh attempt or something. Like, you know, let's it, it, it be like, uh, you know, he killed seven kids. Probably ate them, too.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, as Steve pointed out in our Snowpiercer episode, uh, he's probably eating the kids that are grow too big to be able to fit in the engine compartment. Yeah,
0: because he's just not, like, sending them back to, like, eat steaks and party.
1: No, those kids uh, don't really. You so don't see those anything. Kids die, They're probably killing those kids and turning them into meats. Yeah, yeah. which uh, is pretty disgusting. <laughs>
0: yeah, on the, they, but there's a lot of disgusting shit on this yeah, train it's, anyway. It's really disgusting. Right. Uh, uh, so another thing, it is kind of interesting at the end. You know, like uh, uh, I don't know if he mentions this in his video that I seen, um, but Wilford with the W thing, and then you have Curtis with the C thing. Yeah. So it's like Willy Wonka and Charlie. So you have a W and you have a C again. Yep. So, so it's Wilford and Curtis. The W wants to leave the thing, the thing to the C. So
1: yeah, that's another thing that's interesting too. Yeah, uh, like how that plays out like that even the interaction between them where it's like Wonka's giving the factory to charlie because he's like you know i'm not gonna be able to run the factory forever and i want and i want a child to take it over it's the same thing with wolford like i'm gonna give the, the running of the train to you curtis you know and that kind of thing uh and even just the idea that there are similarities between some of the characters like when i heard the when i heard the the concept that minister mason was basically veruca salt i'm like holy fuck that makes a lot of sense on like a lot of different i don't know where the i don't know where the mason thing came from unless she just changed her name like most everybody changes their name with this with this theory because nobody actually has their like real names from wonka if you go by that theory
0: well why would you keep your real name if you're in a like basically like a if you're in the apocalypse You know Who cares
1: Yeah it's like well, So what if you tell somebody That you ver- That your Veruca saw it It's like We're about to die in here lady I don't give a fuck who you are <laughs> You yeah, know So
0: she's like Okay I'm Minister Mason
1: Yeah I'm Minister Mason um,
0: You know She's a rich person She came from a rich family She bought her ticket To be in the high class So she could have Her dad Probably bought her the ticket So she could survive Right and put her on the train, and they're like, "Who are you?" And she's like, "Mason." Yeah, you know. And then you know, she's one of the richest people on it, so then she got to have some type of power.
1: Well, she's also like the i the the theory is is that she uh, like in in Willy Wonka in the Willy Wonka movie, you know, she's uh, in the room with the eggs uh, where they have like the geese that are like you know they have like the it's like is it geese or are they ducks? I forgot. What are the birds that they have? in, in the geese. is it geese? They're like laying the eggs, and they have like the thing gold that's like man. good egg, bad egg. Yeah, they're laying, laying the gold like the, those eggs. Uh, and there's also the scene with the eggs in the uh, in the schoolroom car, mm-hmm. the school car, uh, which is another thing that I thought was really interesting. That you know, you have her in a scene uh, where she is basically taken out in a room full of eggs because that's exactly what happens to Veruca Salt she does her little routine and she sings and then she jumps on the thing and it says bad egg and it drops her through the chute and so the idea is is that the reason that she's such a zealot for Wilford is because when he was Charlie he told them to get Veruca out of the out of the the egg system and save her before she dies in the system and so she's so thankful for uh, Charlie for doing that that she remains you know loyal to him as she grows up and becomes older with him. And that's why she's Minister Mason, because she's one of the most loyal of all the people on the train to Wilford. You know, Uh, Which I thought, well, I was like, that just makes so much sense. Even the fact that when she dies in Snowpiercer, it also is kind of like hearkening back to when she drops through the chute with the, the eggs in the Wonka movie. It's just crazy how they introduce the eggs like that and that's the scene where she gets shot by Curtis. Is when they introduce the eggs, Yeah, <laughs> the New Year's eggs. Yeah. So, and then also the thing uh, that's interesting too is the, is Mike TV, because you know uh, uh, Wilford has that uh, that guy who's uh, part of like I guess like his security muscle, his hitman. Yeah, I guess. So. However you want to describe him, he's basically there to like fix problems, <laughs> like a hitman basically. And, uh, you know, the the, the rhino stew thing, you know, he's basically saying that, like, he's obsessed with guns when he's Mike TV because he's, like, the little kid in the cowboy outfit and the pistols and stuff, and he's, like, obsessed with guns and stuff like that, and they were, like, you know, the big kill that he makes... In the movie, you see it through a monitor when he shoots Gilliam in the head. You know, and it's just the idea that he makes a big kill on TV and that that his name might have been Mike TV back in the day. Right. You know, that's just. it's just it's like when you see that you're like fuck that does make sense you know and the idea that uh claude who's basically the child wrangler uh that goes and finds kids that are the appropriate size for uh the engine to work in the engine compartments um there you know the idea was is that she is the daughter of augustus gloop that augustus grew up because augustus's family has like even when you watch the willy wonka movie like they will eat anything like his dad ate like part of one of the microphones and they were trying to do an interview with him you know he just he just ate it <laughs> so they're like you know the the gloop family has like this weird fascination with eating strange stuff and as soon as uh claude gets hit she immediately tastes her own blood uh when she gets hit by the shoe by the the dude in the tail section you know so they're like maybe that's like a gloop trait that is passed down to his daughter.
0: I don't know. I, I would say that one's a little bit of a stretch. That one is a little. Because there, there's villains usually do that, like, just to kind of, like, ah, yeah. Ah, you blood got me. Or another thing, her blood could taste like berries.
1: Schnazberries?
0: No, like, uh, oh. <laughs> she could be the other one. Uh, what was her name? Uh, Violet? Uh, Violet
1: uh, Beauregard or whatever? Yeah, what was it her other name?
0: one in the Wonka movie that gets turned into a blueberry. Maybe this is her growing up back in form but maybe she still has some blueberry blood
1: oh yeah that's interesting yeah because they were basically thinking that she would be related to Augustus and not to Violet
0: well but it only has that like that one thing and it's like oh because she tasted her blood so she eats a lot or something I don't know she doesn't <laughs> really even look like <laughs> that, that one is a bit of
1: a stretch right because you really have to go through and some logic Augustus? leaps
0: Augustus is German right Augustus
1: is German but yes she's not or, well, no, she doesn't talk with a German accent, though. No.
0: So. That might be. That one's yeah, a stretch. That
1: one might be a bit of a stretch as far as the theory goes. Uh, but. Um, uh, oh, and also, uh, one thing that I wanted to just uh, shout out Nomadic King. Or, no, Nomadic Kong. Because yeah, nomadic he Kong, yeah, nomadic Kong, he also added some things to Rhino Stew's video because he was fascinated by this and was like, "Oh, I found some additional things." Yeah, I actually
0: um, watched his first, and then I went back and watched Rhino Stew. Rhino Stew's okay. I ended up watching
1: them like in normal order. I watched Rhino Stew, then I found the nomadic King uh, nomadic Kong. I keep getting your name wrong. I'm sorry, uh, but
0: uh, <laughs> and I would like to say if I was going to grade like their, their their videos, how they're made, they're made or whatever, nomadic Kong, you. You definitely, you definitely have a gift.
1: Right, you're very good at this.
0: Rhino Stu has some good thoughts, but you're better. You're better at the YouTube thing. Yeah, right. The, <laughs> the editing
1: of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, just even like uh things that are like uh, you know, themes that seem to you know where it's like messages hidden inside food, like the golden ticket was hidden inside the Wonka bars, right. and the messages for. Curtis telling him, like, the next phase of their plan was, like, given to him through, like, little bullet-looking things hidden inside the protein blocks and hidden in different foods. There's another one that's given to him that's hidden inside one of the eggs. You know, so there's that correlation where there's, like, messages hidden with food. But even just the idea, like, that came up through these, like, these theories that the two movies are based very heavily off of, like, really advanced forms of transportation and uh, the making of food. Because Wonka's factory is, of course, it's a candy factory, so he has all of these crazy contraptions to make things like the Gobstoppers and, you know, the the was the was fizzy lifting drink and all these different things that he has, the exploding gum, which some people think that Cronol is basically a version of the exploding gum that they were working on as a practical joke gum. And, like, in the movie, in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, it's, like, way too explosive for somebody because it would probably blow their head off. You know, and Wonka's like, we got to work on this a little bit more because it's too violent. Uh, so some people are thinking that, like that might have eventually became what chrono was and snowpiercer <laughs> because it has explosive properties as well like the exploding gum does right so i thought that was interesting like the whole thing with the chrono and the gum but but, yeah, it's like you see that they have, like, pretty advanced uh, ways of making food. I mean, because they're even able to, you know, I mean, even on Snowpiercer, they have, uh, like, the aquarium where they can, like, get fish out and make sushi and all kinds of stuff. There's the bug grinder that grinds up all the cockroaches and stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, um, and also, like, the uh, engine, the you know, the great engine or whatever. Like, right. uh whenever it was first started or whatever, Uh, the size of the person that would need to be in there would be about Oompa Loompa size. Right. So it was probably originally made for the Oompa Loompas, and then they all died out. Right. And then he had to start using kids.
1: Yeah, because uh, there's even that line uh, when Curtis is in the uh, in the engine room with Wilford, and he was like, you know, a a critical, you know, part of its. Uh, const- uh, pro- pro- critical part that you know used to run it has since went extinct. he didn't say that they ran out of those parts or they didn't have any more of those parts he said that they went extinct which is which would tell you that that it's a creature or it's something that they had that was alive that now he no longer has access to and the idea that the oompa loompas ran the engine when i heard that i was like that makes so much fucking sense that he would have yeah that charlie would have had the oompa loompas with him because they they helped him run the factory right right like they did for wonka and then he would have been like, okay, well, you know, now that we're basically in the snow apocalypse, I'm gonna bring the Oompa loompas with me on the train. They fucking die off because they're all male. They don't have any female Oompa loompas, so they all die off. And he's like, well, fuck, I need small people to work on this because the compartments that work on the engine uh, are only about the size of a child. So it's like, hey, let's abduct children <laughs> from the tail section and bring them up here and
0: yeah, force them to work on the, the engine. Use the port to run our, you know engine
1: right yeah um those poor oompa loompas uh i almost feel like we should have a toast for the oompa loompas that died <laughs> then whenever they, for get, humanity. they get too
0: big we eat them right like, what did we do the oompa loompas we ate them
1: we fucking ate them they died and we turned them into those oompa steaks
0: were delicious right it tastes like cocoa beans
1: <laughs> wouldn't that be funny if like the reason that they the oompa loompas went extinct was because wilford was eating them <laughs> motherfuckers he was cannibalizing them?
0: That's what the steaks are? He was like, I need a, like, a stock of steaks. You guys can understand. Right. are delicious. You're very tender. Uh,
1: you're very tender. Because you guys do all this work. You have all this really good muscle texture yeah. and everything. So I'm just going to eat you. Guys. I'm just going to eat you guys. And when you guys go extinct, I'm just going to start taking kids from the train. Yeah. God, Wilford is fucking evil in that sense. <laughs> oh, he's evil. And then couldn't have
0: got... A more likable person to play him, Red Harris. To be honest, right? (laughs) I kind of wish they would have got a less likable person, but Ed Harris is just so damn likable. Yeah. Uh, Well,
1: even like the things in uh, Wilfred's, uh, you know, engine part of the train at the front of the train, because they even said the like the wooden decor that he has in his room. Uh, even reminds you of like chocolate bars because it's like a brown wood and it looks like it it, it is broken up like bars of chocolate, and um, I think it was Nomadic Kong's video where he pointed out that, that it looks like one of Wonka's top hats and possibly the red scarf from when he was a kid. Right, is on it's one on of the on shelves. The shelf, yeah. yeah, and even if you look at like Curtis's jacket, for example, it's got that that cut out much in the same way that Wonka's did, and they're thinking that maybe that coat might have went found its way from, like, Gilliam over to Curtis, and that it was one of Wonka's old coats, and now Curtis wears it, you know. So I'm like, that's interesting, because, like, the cut of, like, the, uh, you know, uh, of the way that it's made, it looks like one of Gene Wilder's coats from Willy Wonka. It's just nuts. And even the whole thing that uh, Gilliam... Because that's another thing that's similar too is that in the in the Willy Wonka movie you have um, uh, Slugworth right who's supposed to be like this like rival guy that's trying to like corrupt the kids and everything but he's really a double agent and he, or he's like a he's an undercover dude that's working for Wonka to to check the integrity of the kids to see if they're worthy enough to work uh work you know or you know own the factory and the idea that Slugworth. Uh, is actually Mr. Wilkinson, right, in the movie? Because he was like, "But that's Slugworth," and he's like, "No, this is Mr. Wilkinson. He works for me." And so the idea is, is that Wilkinson, as he gets older, turns into Gilliam, and Gilliam is in the back of the train working with Wilford, right? Right. Uh, in much the same way that you know he was working with Wonka, and now he would be working with Charlie or Wilford, and you know trying to get Curtis to go, you know, enact his plan to get to the front of the train. Uh, so when I heard that I was like that's that's kind of crazy because he does have the glasses and you're like if yeah, that he dude does. got older he, he seems like he would be about the right age for somebody like Gilliam who's like what in his 80's probably something like that I don't know how old Gilliam's supposed to be in this movie I have no idea. Um, but they said that even like even the time gap between when the Willy Wonka story takes place which was 1964 when Roald Dahl wrote it uh, compared to where they are, they're like the timelines maybe a little wonky, <laughs> wonky. It's a little wonka, but <laughs> uh, but that it it seems plausible that Charlie at that. Uh, time period, which is like twenty, thirty something, when the movie of Snowpiercer takes place, they're like Charlie would it be about the right age for what Ed Harris is in that movie, right? And so it's feasible that he would be the correct age. It's feasible that Veruca Salt would be about the same age as Minister Mason, and you know all that kind of stuff. And it's just crazy when you think about this, because it's like, even there's even music cues in this movie that are like small little snippets of stuff taken from the original Willy Wonka soundtrack, and it's just it's just very small, and you kind of have to have the volume turned up to really hear it, or you know you have to know where it is so you can kind of pay attention to it. But then when you hear it, you're like, that was not done accidentally. That had to have been done on purpose.
0: Yeah, there's actually another theory on top of the Slugworth theory that, uh, this has to relate with Wonka, but that he was the actual Slugworth because Wonka owns all the candy stores.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah, that was, uh, one of those theories that's kind of related to Wonka. It was like, he actually owns all the candy companies to compete with his own. That's why whenever he shut down his factories... All those other candy stores went out of business, too.
1: Ah, oh. Because it's
0: just his stores.
1: Oh, right. Okay. So it's a... Because
0: they're like, it doesn't make any sense. If he shuts down, they should flourish. But they all shut down. Right. It's like Which means Wonka owned all of them.
1: Oh. In the first place.
0: So there is no rival company because they, he owns them.
1: Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Because, uh... So then basically the whole idea of having Slugworth was just simply to test the kids and their and yeah. their ability to, to run the company.
0: And have imaginations. And the reason he has these other companies that he doesn't want people to own is because he doesn't want people knowing what he's doing in his factory.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Because like once you actually see what's going on in that factory, it's like... Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the uh movie theory video that they did about how many OSHA health code violations he he broke inside that factory. That's That was that's, 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 that was
0: that's that's that doesn't have anything to do with mu- movie magic or anything. No, 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 no. Of course, a, that'd, a, that'd be like watching Bond and uh, like like Skyfall or something at the first of the scene where they're going through the the the, the stuff and then you're just kind of like, "Ah, that, that crane shouldn't be there." There's what, are they, what is the crane even there for? So It's like, nah, I don't know. Don't no. watch movies like that, because nah, you'll just hate everything. You'll hate everything. Right. You're, like, <laughs> you're like, nah, nah. But it was by. interesting to OSHA think safety of... safety violations It's like, nah, I'm no. Right. And then also, how would you know what would be a safety violation for a chocolate factory... Um that's not built like an actual chocolate factory is built because it's not built like an actual factory that you can go into. Right. So how would you what would you judge it off from its like, "Well, that river of chocolate shouldn't be there." It's like, "No shit."
1: Yeah. Who the fuck has a river of chocolate inside <laughs> their factory? Is a
0: river of chocolate even possible? I don't think it would be.
1: I don't you know, you know how many cocoa beans you'd have to have to make that much to make like like Yeah. Thousands so, of so gallons why are we of chocolate.
0: About ocean volleys—that just seems useless, right? Well, especially
1: it's a movie where they have like you know, like people can float and turn into blueberries and shit. You and know, get
0: sucked up into like tunnels and into stuff. into tubes
1: it's and like, stuff. Like Augustus got sucked into a tube and all that kind of shit. Yeah, it's it's like,
0: like then none of this is right? Real?
1: <laughs> no, it's a kids' movie. It's like a fairy tale where it's like kids going through like a chocolate, like a candy factory. Yeah.
0: So it's like, why are you being like, well, you know how many OSHA it's like, You watch this movie what not right at all this is not you right. watch yeah this. that's how
1: yeah cuz it was uh it was Matt pat doing his uh movie theory channel and sometimes, like I'll watch his movie, his movie theory stuff, and I'm like, I'm like, I watched the one about the OSHA violations, and I'm like, how long did you sit there and calculate all of the things that could be OSHA violations? Like that, just it's like, how much money did you make on that video that that made it worth your time? Did did he make enough money on that that it seemed like it was no. worth it? He
0: probably made twelve dollars off that video.
1: <laughs> it's he- got a decent number of views. The last time I I looked at it, but
0: but who's gonna sponsor that video?
1: I don't know. I. I don't know. It's like, hey, you want to know how many OSHA violations it's were in the Walker's Chocolate video Factory? Is sponsored
0: by OSHA. Great right. job, pal. Right.
1: You pointed out all the shit that we hope that people, you know, would pay attention to, when if they're on they the job were site. Evil
0: and they own the chocolate factory. <laughs> Thanks for helping us out, right? And all the evil chocolate factory owners out there, they'll learn. They'll right. learn. Yeah, they'll if know this not is to. What we're looking for. We're looking for there. this shit. If we walk in there and you got a bunch of fucking Oompa Loompas. With no hard hats and no safety glasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah,
1: it's like you literally had a child that fell <laughs> into your chocolate river. So that's a violation right that's a there. Because right that's there. toxic. He died. It Yeah. Was
0: like, well, he's edible now. Right. How the fuck does that work? <laughs> right. It's fucking magic. He, ch- he falls into a chocolate river, and gets sucked up in the tunnel, and now he can eat himself? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Right. You know what? Because it's a magical movie. Right. It's like watching The Wizard of Oz and be like, oh, trailers wouldn't fly like that in a tornado. It's yeah, like, no physics dude. doesn't
1: work like that.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a movie. Right. It has a fucking scarecrow carrying around a pistol for some goddamn reason. Right. <laughs>
1: Scarecrow's packing heat y'all he's about yeah. to he's about to blow somebody away with his hilarious magnum that
0: they remade it and they got like Denzel Washington to play <laughs> the Scarecrow
1: this time. he just has like a fucking AK <laughs> like, a, like
0: a gun the whole never fires it just carries just it just carries it because Scarecrow never
1: fires that gun and yeah. it's only in one scene which is also a Mandela effect thing because I never remember Scarecrow having a gun but if you go back and watch it now he has a fucking gun yeah, in that who movie does? who right. does? who remembers that, any of that shit but Anyway, but uh, but I think that pretty much covers most of the Wonka Piercer stuff. Yeah. You guys can make up your own mind. I know that this was uh, somebody like retweeted, uh, or they tweeted this the link to the YouTube the Rhino Stew video to Chris Evans, and Chris Evans was like, "Oh my God, I love this." He was like, "I love this idea." So Chris you know,
0: Evans is a glorious man, by the way. He does right. everything. He's such a good person. He's really good to his fans, yeah.
1: and when they they were like, you know, because even Rhino Stew was like, he's like, if Chris Evans says that this is canon and that this is real, I will accept this as canon that this is the real sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And Chris Evans was like, I'm down. I'm totally just like
0: yes, then it is. And this it's like, boom, this is how it's boom canon. So it is official. That's how we're gonna end this video. It is official. Chris
1: Evans doth decree that this is the sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory.
0: So, we are going to say that it is the sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. uh, Because, I mean, Chris Evans said it was.
1: Yeah. And if Chris Evans says it, it must be canon.
0: Yeah. So, it's just... It's one of those things where it's like... uh, If Chris Evans says... You know, the Captain America, you know, it's like, how do you replace the Soul song if he's like, I oh, he beat the shit out of Red Skull and just put it back, I'd be like, well, that's canon. That's, that's canon. canon, baby. That's canon. And that's what I want to believe anyway. He
1: punched his ass out and he just it was like, like Look, fucking putting, take it back. I'm putting
0: this back, bitch. And it's like, don't make me fuck you up again. <laughs> right. So if you want to imagine what happened, that's exactly what happened. Red I kind of would
1: like on the on the Disney "What If" thing. I would kind of like to see that scene at least when he shows up and he's like he sees it at, like the the guardian of the soul stone is red is Red Skull
0: and, and he's like, like you okay yeah, yeah you like. son of
1: a bitch and he just punches him.
0: punches him and he was like you let my friend die over this stupid stone right and he was like you can't put it put it back and he'd be like I'm Captain America I do whatever the hell I want to and then he like. <laughs> He like offers the soul stolen back or whatever, and it takes it. And he's like, "See, got a piece of shit like you." <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: I'm actually gonna give this back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. He is the uh, most amazing hero, and thanks Chris Evans for doing Snowpiercer. Yeah. And thanks everyone. Giving this movie a chance it. to yeah.
1: have some life with like a you know big Hollywood name. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Tilda Swinton. Uh,
1: Minister Mason, yes. John Hurt.
0: Yeah, John uh, Hurt. You know, uh, Ed Harris, the amazing Ed Harris, which doesn't get enough roles, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, this has been uh, our theory episode on Snowpiercer. Hope you guys enjoyed.
1: Peace.